eres muy malo. Roto el pato de vestuario. Ya, interpretación siempre negativa. Siempre negativa. Nunca positiva. Hello, bienvenidos, welcome to Siempre Positivo. Barcelona squandered the chance to win the first trophy of the Ronald Koeman era on Sunday, losing a topsy-turvy Spanish Supercopa to Athletic Club 3-2 in Seville after extra time. As if that wasn't enough, there was also the pain of a red card for Lionel Messi in the 120th minute. I am Sam Marsden and I am joined by Rick Sharma and Tony Wamadi to review that game and to ask also what the hell is going on with the presidential elections at Barca? Rick, it was a lovely weekend non-football wise with the sun shining in Barcelona, beaches crowded as people have been complaining in some of our WhatsApp groups. Um, did you have a nice weekend? I did have a nice weekend and I've just come back from a very intense personal training session in the park with Goncalos, my Portuguese personal trainer. And his his great flaw, he's a nice guy, but his great flaw is that he, he thinks Cristiano Ronaldo is a better player than Lionel Messi. And of course, today he was delighted about Messi's red card and he was crowing. Tony, how are you doing? Have you had a, you had a nice weekend? You've been able to enjoy the weather or have Barca, Barca got you down too much? No, yes, it's been a nice weekend. I could uh, eat calzots. It's a typical food here in Catalonia. It's kind of uh, onion that... Uh, we eat it with some sauce, so we will we'll show our our people in siempre positivo. But it was a it was a good weekend until yesterday night. You know, Sam. It's a very complex operation to eat a calzot, isn't it? You have to have the kind of bib, and you have to dip it in the is it romesco sauce, and then eat it like you're dangling it into your mouth from above. It's very yes. Uh, uh, until you are not able to eat calzots, you cannot be considered. As a Catalan, so Rick <laughs> and Sam, you need to eat uh, calzots and uh, show to our community what you have done. What What's the season for calzots? It seems a bit early for me. I thought it was more sort of later in the year. I didn't realize they were they were reeling them out in January. Yeah, it's now beginning, and uh, it will take like two or three months more. So you have uh, enough time to to taste it. We'll do a live video, a stream, the stream, a Twitch stream of us eating calzots. <laughs> Prepared by Tony. Tony has to prepare them as the as the Catalan. <laughs> No problem. I can do it. What are you going to bring, British people? Beer, Beer. probably. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's delve into the Supercopa. Um, since last Monday, Barcelona played Real Sociedad. They beat Real Sociedad on penalties. Marc-André Ter Stegen was absolutely brilliant with saves in the shootout and in extra time. But it's tempting to say now that maybe they'd have been better to lose that because instead they've been put through 240 minutes in the last week and they haven't even got a trophy to show for it. But let's get back to the final because that's the... that's. What happened on Sunday, that's the most recent thing, Barcelona losing to, to Athletic Club. And there was plenty of action, five goals, lots of big moments. We'll go through the, we'll take a slightly different slant this week and go through the events in chronological order. So Barca take the lead in the 40th minute. Uh, Messi and Alba linking well and Griezmann, Griezmann scoring. Rick, was that a deserved goal? Did Barca deserve to lead at that point? I don't, I think it's hard to say that. I think Barca hadn't really imposed themselves on the game. I think it's a Spanishism, isn't it, saying that? They didn't impose themselves on the game much. And I don't think either team were particularly impressive in the first half. And it was just a kind of, it was a good, it was a good mechanism. Sort of the Messi Alba link is a classic thing that Barca like to do. And it, and it has led to a lot of goals over the years. And, and here was another one. I, I think Barca were a little bit fortunate to go ahead. And they were only ahead for two minutes because I don't, 
I've I've read, and I'm not sure if this is true, that they didn't even touch the ball before before Atletica level. Iñaki Williams' cross catching, Barca cold. De Marcos, Oscar De Marcos creeps in at the far post. Perhaps Jordi Alba should have done better. Tony, what was your take on the on the athletic goal, the first equaliser? No, no, you already said it. Uh, it's Jordi Alba's fault. I mean, uh, he has to be aware of Oscar De Marcos. The problem of Jordi Alba is that he's not looking at Oscar De Marcos, so he doesn't know what's going to happen with uh, the athletic player. And after that, it's a goal. It's a mistake from uh, Jordi Alba, but it's true that uh, he also had a, a great match. Uh, uh, as offensive uh, player but yes the first goal for me is a mistake of Jordi Alba he had he was involved in all four of the goals with Jordi Alba the two defensive mistakes and two attacking contributions for the Barca goals so then into the second half Raul Garcia has a header ruled out for offside very very marginal but are we all in agreement that it's probably just offside I mean I don't really like these kind of offsides even though they are they are correct. I thought it was clear, clearer than it was. Wasn't one of the one of those ways like an armpit offside or, or like a you know a stray hair offside. Watching the replay, I could you could see his foot is offside. I think I don't think I don't think this is a bad call. I think yeah. it's a pretty straightforward offside. This one. Yeah, I think it's straightforward. I think I may, maybe I'm thrown a little bit by the arm. Is it of is it Griezmann's arm is sort of coming into play, which makes him look. Obviously, the arm doesn't count in the in the play. And then we have Griezmann's second goal again. Alba involved in the build up. Tony, at that point, did you think Barcelona were going to win the game? 2-1 up with sort of 13 minutes to play? Of course. When uh, Griezmann scored, uh, I thought uh, it was done. Uh, the problem is that we are journalists and we can think uh, wherever uh, we want, uh, in our desk or in our sofa. The problem, the big uh, mistake from Barcelona is that they also thought that it was already won and they got relaxed and they didn't compete uh, at maximum. So then what happened uh, is what you all know. And yeah, of course, the, 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 the late, late goal in the 90th minute, I think I had my intro written, you know, two Antoine Griezmann goals, handed Barca the first trophy of the Ronald Koeman era. And then, then they concede again from a free kick, which they were they struggled to defend all night against Athletic, Asia Villa Libre with the goal. Uh, Rick, talk us through the defending for that goal. You've touched on Alba, perhaps being involved again or, yeah. or rather not being involved I mean it was a, it was a very good free kick from Ike Munain he took a lot of really good set pieces in that game very like difficult to defend Jordi Alba kind of ducks out of the way which is criminal and then Griezmann behind I don't want to blame Griezmann too much because he's probably expecting Alba to clear it but Griezmann kind of doesn't just doesn't touch it when he could he could he could kick that away if he's like fully focused and alert and then it's a good finish from Villalibre I just think it's a sloppy goal to concede and it kind of something that we've seen over the last few seasons it's nothing new Barca are kind of mentally weak at key moments in big games especially cup games just you know they let things slip that they shouldn't let slip we're getting a big nod from Tony there you must you're in agreement with Barca's fragility when it comes to these big moments in games to seeing games out to holding on 100% so you can have uh, football problems you cannot play as a great team but if you compete you are concentrated, you are focused on uh, these kind of details. You can win trophies, even if you are not uh, the, the, the team that you were uh, 10 years before. But if you don't compete, if you are not uh, focused, if you don't uh, mm, do like Athletic does in these kind of actions, you are lost, you cannot do anything. Okay, yes, as uh, Rick said, the free kick is uh, perfectly perfectly played by Athletic de Bilbao. But okay, I don't care about that. If you are centre back, if you are Lenglet, if you are Ara, if you are Araujo, you have to arrive first and kick the ball to corner or out of the stadium. So this is what is Barcelona. This is not Sevilla or Betis. You have to arrive before than the, the striker. And not also that. Even 
Villa Libre scored the goal alone. You can say no because he won. No, no, he won the ball. No, he kicked the ball totally alone. It's a really good point from Tony, I think, and it made me think just now. We don't see Real Madrid losing games in this fashion, right? If Madrid lose a game, it's because they play badly. Not this is any better, but they play badly from the start. Like against Bilbao, they're letting two goals in the semi-final and then they nearly fought their way back into the game. And actually, at the, the crunch moments, they often do get the goal that goes ahead. They do keep out, you know, Courtois or Ramos making like a vital intervention. And you, I can't remember the last time Madrid was sort of winning and they let a, a, a game slip by a last-minute mistake. It's always the other way around with them. They're always a team that comes back in the last minute to, to get the crucial goal. And then, of course, after having conceded the last-minute equaliser, Barca then conceded early in extra time. I mean, it was almost written in the stars, I think, because even Koeman said after the game, once we conceded that late equaliser, the ascendancy was with Athletic. It was almost as if, like you say, there was a mentality problem and Barca kind of knew that they were perhaps you know, not favourites anymore or that Athletic were going to go on and win the game. But the winning goal was good. Iñaki Williams, an absolute screamer, absolute belter, turning on the edge of the box finding it's really really satisfying I mean probably not for Barca fans but to see those goals when they go into the top corner and sort of clip off the post it is a, is a nice feeling it was a good goal I mean can you blame anyone for that or was it just a moment of brilliance I don't think anyone could have expected Inyaki Williams to score that because I, I really like Inyaki Williams as a player but he's not a good finisher he doesn't score he scores way fewer goals than he should score for a striker that plays, I mean, he plays every single game. He's, you know, he's always fit and he's always playing like 90 minutes, in this case, 120. But he doesn't score that many goals. And so I think it was a kind of a freak goal. And uh, even, uh, I didn't tweet throughout the whole game, partly in a petulant kind of way, because I said in a previous podcast, I don't think this this is a joke of a tournament, right? It shouldn't be semifinals. There shouldn't be, it should be a cup winner against the league winner. And of course, Athletic Bilbao, well, I mean, they could still win the cup, I suppose, but they certainly haven't won the cup yet last season because they haven't played against Real Sociedad in the final. And what Barca won, nothing at all. So it was, you know, it's, it's a, a bad game. And I don't know, I just, I had to tweet about Anyaki Williams' goal because it was special. That is a, it is a fantastic strike. I do agree. I don't like the format. We said this last week, so we won't go over it. But what we have to say now is having seen the semifinals and the final this year and last year, both Supercoppers have been have been really good and provided really really good moments. Obviously, aside from the fact of the the financial reasons and the reasons behind the expansion, but I think I'm happy that Athletic won it in a way because it obviously means a lot to them. You can see how delighted they were at the full time whistle. Like no Barca player would be going wild like Athletic players were after winning that. Like Via Libre was playing that trumpet as like he's like playing a tr- song on trumpet and everyone's going mental and dancing. And you know, and like I said, I like Inyaki Williams. I'm happy that he's that he's won something with them as well. But I don't know. It's just, you know, these are good players. Of course, there's going to be moments in games like of, without the Supercopa, we wouldn't have had Ter Stegen's masterclass against Real Sociedad. Of course, that you know, that is worth watching. The Barca Sociedad penalty shootout was amazing. It was gripping, like seeing the shootout and a couple of Ter Stegen saves in there. And there are brilliant moments you're going to get from these games. But the question is, do you think, you know, are they making something out of something that shouldn't be a thing? Is it not just a curtain raiser at the start of the season? Like, what relevance do these four teams have? Why, you know, why are these teams in it? Why aren't Atletico Madrid in it? You know, they've got their own criteria. And it's a joke that they've separated Madrid and Barca to try and get them together into the final. It feels like a kind of constructed thing rather than a natural organic tournament. I know no tournament's organic, but like, yeah. Here's a question for you both based on your little reference there to Via Libre's celebrations with the trumpet. If and when Barca win a trophy again, which player would you like to see playing a musical instrument on the pitch and what musical instrument? I think just because it's completely out of character and 
I can't imagine him doing it. I'd like to see Lionel Messi play an instrument. Maybe the flute. Lionel Messi playing the flute. Well, guess what? In the, I don't know the ex- if it's a trumpet or not, but Serginio Dest is actually a, a bit of a musician as well. He's got a sort of a, a band with his friends and he plays something similar to a trumpet or I'd have to guarantee, confirm what it was. So I think Barca could, could yet have their, their Via Yibre moment. Maybe now we've seen that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there has to be a drive for Serginio Dest to, you know, come out and, and prove that he's, he's the real trumpeteer if it is a trumpet that he plays. Well, in, in, in fact, uh, I don't know if it, in English is the same, but in Spanish, we say that uh, play the trumpet is when you are not playing uh, good enough, when you are doing like a circus. So, in fact, all the team <laughs> yesterday played the trumpet. Yeah. Well, we, the, we, the same we have in English is blow your own trumpet, which is to sort of like brag about yourself or make yourself, you know, big yourself up. So, Luis Suarez is gone. He'd be the guy doing that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And just two more talking points at the end of the game. I don't want to put too much focus on these refereeing decisions because I think Athletic deserved to win the game. But the first one, and I may have lost the, I may have lost the order of events here. I think it came after the Inyaki Williams goal is that Danny Garcia header on Frankie de Jong. I mean, I've watched the replay a lot of times and people don't seem to be talking about it loads. And it seems to me like if you look where Frankie de Jong is looking, he's clearly looking at the ball. Danny Garcia doesn't really seem to be looking at the ball. He dives in sort of dangerously with his head. Misses the ball, is nowhere near the ball, is late and absolutely whacks De Jong in the, in the head. So regardless of whether there's intent or not, I could not see how that wasn't at least a yellow card when he'd already been booked or even a straight red. Nah, it's, it's, uh, it's a referee that, uh, we know that, uh, his uh, kind of actions against Barcelona. I, I, I also wrote the same in Twitter, but for me, Dani Garcia was over motivated. He should have been sent off. Uh, before uh, the, the, the 30 minutes, uh, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't understand it. Okay, we know that Barcelona didn't play a good match, but it's also true that it doesn't help when you have the referee that you had. Don't forget that this referee, Gil Manzano, is the only referee that has sent off to the MSN striker. He sent off Luis Suarez, he sent off uh, Neymar, and he sent off also, uh, Lionel Messi. So, okay, I think we cannot, uh, we, we cannot, uh, we, we don't have to say any, anything else from this kind of uh, person. That's a good detail. He became the like first that. person to send off Messi for Barcelona, Barcelona on Sunday night. So Messi's previously been sent off for Barca B in 2005 against Peña and twice for Argentina on his debut against Hungary in 2005 and in 2016 at a game I think Rick was at. Possibly against Chile in the Copa America, was it? No, was he sent off in that game? I, can't, I mean, I, I was at both both games, Argentina against Chile in the Copa America. I can't remember. Maybe he was. In the final, he wasn't because he took a penalty and missed in the shootout at the end. So maybe in the group game. Maybe it was a qualifier or another game. But there's, there, there are four, four red cards now, but it's first for the Barca senior. I mean, you couldn't argue with that that red card last night. It was It was a red card. But I think it was a red card. Fine, I'm not going to argue with it. There's no way you should get banned for four matches because if you actually look at it as a replay of the reverse angle of the incident and in the re- in the in the original picture it looks bad it looks like Messi just took a swing at Via Libre and and gone for his head but actually when you see the other angle from the other side much clearer image he doesn't do that he's he basically gets frustrated because Via Libre is blocking him off trying to stop him getting into the box and Messi just kind of shoves him out of the way kind of and it's dangerous because you, you know Via Libre is moving quite quickly Messi just shoves him frustrated to the floor but it's not a punch or anything like that I think he's going to get two game ban Messi yeah, I think, well, we've reported, I think, in sport and in a lot of places this morning that Barca are, I mean, it's been, I think there's been lost in translation somewhere that Barca are going to appeal the red card. They're not going to appeal the red card, but they are working on, you know, an argument in the event that Messi is banned for longer than sort of two games because they 
with that image that you spoke about from the front, they feel it wasn't an aggressive act. It was, you know, sort of, you know, swinging his arm to sort of try and get him out of the way. So we'll see what happens. But Messi looking at a ban of perhaps two games, maximum four, which which Barca would, would fight. Let's just look at some of the positifas then for, for Louis van Gaal. Griezmann, was Griezmann a positive? He scored two goals. He took them well. He was obviously missing chances earlier this year. Is that something to be encouraged about Griezmann's performances in the last sort of two two weeks, especially last, especially on Sunday night? Yes, it would have it would have been great for him scoring two goals, winning the trophy, winning the title. But after having a defeat, I don't know. It's obvious that for his uh, for his confident uh, for, for his confidence, he will win uh, this kind of uh, self confidence that uh, he had lost when he kicks the ball. For example, this goal, uh, Griezmann uh, would have missed it um, eight weeks ago, and now he's in another moment. So. When it comes to scoring goals, I think, yes, we can uh, see uh, a new Griezmann. But it doesn't mean that we are going to see a new Griezmann when I say playing. And this is, for me, the, the problem, trying to, to, to fit, uh, to match with the, with the team. I agree 100% with that. I think he's doing. He's now doing the bare minimum that you expect from 120, 140 million euro signing if you include the punishment penalty that Barca had to pay at Letico for tapping him up or whatever. I, you know, scoring these goals is is a hundred percent part of his job description. So he's and it's good that he's doing it because someone needs to do it. He is the striker, but sure, he needs to improve in all other areas. And I don't know if he can or not. Been a good start to twenty twenty one for him at least. Is better than anything he's done in twenty twenty beyond that volley against Osasuna. If he if he keeps scoring these goals and he and he gets a decent healthy number at the end of the season, he won't get too much criticism. Even though it can be problematic for Barca having him in the team and not playing well. Rick, any other positives? I've got written here Araujo. I mean, I think he was quite good again. Obviously, Barca have a problem defending set pieces, and he needs to sort of. I mean, it's unfair to demand too much responsibility for him, but he's the tallest player in the team. He's perhaps the most aggressive defender. He's the the, the best defender in the air. So perhaps he needs to sort of take on more leadership there. But in general, I think it was especially Real Sociedad. And then again, last night, I think we've seen further development from him that we've seen this season. I would, I would put him down as a positive from, if not last night, definitely this last week in the two Super Copa games. Ado, yeah. I mean, you know what I think of him. I really like him. I think he's got a big potential. I think he was good yesterday. It's a sneak preview of the ratings later. Let me have a look. I think he. No yeah, spoilers. No my, spoilers. He, no spoilers. All right. No spoilers. No spoilers. But he, he's he's done he's done well in the ratings compared to everyone else. Basically, he made a mistake yesterday again. Not not from the set pieces, but another one where he kind of didn't clear the, the clear the ball properly, or maybe it was a set piece. I can't remember the context of it, but he should have cleared it properly. But he cleared it straight to to Bill Bow. But other than that, he was pretty solid, pretty good, and one of the green shoots of Barca. Right, before we get to Rick's ratings then and hear the numbers that everyone's been waiting to hear, I did have one more question from, from Tony, for Tony, not from Tony, about the Koeman project. So let's ignore the fact Barca lost, they lost to Athletic Club. Tony's been very consistent this season in his demands from Barca. He wasn't bothered about winning the, the Supercopa. He's obviously focused on, on making sure Barca are in a good place when they play Paris Saint-Germain. He wants to see evolution, progression, a, an idea come into light. We had seen that in recent weeks. Barca were nine unbeaten going into the final last night. I think it was in all competitions. We've seen, as we've just touched on, the emergence of Araujo. Uh, De Jong and Pedri getting forward from from midfield. Messi's, Messi's improved his finishing. Griezmann's started to take his chances. The players have looked more comfortable in a 4-3-3, but it felt a little bit like a step back last night. Um, and I think also reflecting, I mean, maybe this is sort of biased using last night's game to compare to Real Sociedad. But I think it wasn't too different to Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad perhaps 
could have deserved to win the semi-final. Do you think this last week has been a step back, the Supercoppa? Or do you think you've seen elements of progression that you spoke about last week? For me, the, the game against uh, Real Sociedad, uh, it was a step forward. Even if, uh, as you said, the Real Sociedad uh, had uh, enough chances to score another goal and uh, to win the game. But I saw a team playing with the illusion, knowing uh, what to do, not conceding in a corner kicks or something like that. So for me, it was a step forward. But yesterday against uh, Athletic, it was totally clear a step back not not only because you you didn't uh, you didn't uh, get a, a, a good game because you, you could you couldn't uh, have a brilliant uh, play no because you didn't uh, were concentrated uh, you weren't concentrated on these kind of details okay you can not have a great match but you need to compete look imagine when you play against Paris Saint-Germain it will be more or less 50-50 okay uh, 10 minutes uh, remaining, corner kick from Paris Saint-Germain, you have done a great match and Marquinhos scores you a goal. So, for me, is a step back because, and, and, and I'm going to say you another thing, for Barcelona, after the game, looking how, uh, how was going the game, it's better to have lost the Super, the Super Cup. Before the game, of course, we all know that it would have been better for Barcelona's self-confidence to win. But after seeing what we saw in the extra time for Barcelona, it's better to lose because it would have been cheating. It would have been like uh, like uh, lying yourself. Okay, no, we won. We are, we are a great team. No, 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 no. It's better to lose, to keep correcting things, to keep growing up as a team because they need to do a lot of work. And Kuman has more than one month to correct these kind of things. But yes, of course, facing Paris Saint-Germain with this way, you are totally dead. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I don't agree with the the idea that the Real Sociedad game was a step forward, though, because how many saves did Ter Stegen have to make in that game? Right, we've seen Barca's defense improve over the last you know month or so, and they've shut teams out and they've not conceded the chances. And Tony, you yourself, you say that's when you know it's a good defense when they're not giving up chances. Real Sociedad could have scored four or five goals in that game, and only Ter Stegen managed to stop that happening. Yes, but Rick, when I say it was a step forward, I'm not talking about football. For me, uh, football is the second part of the flat, of the construction of the house. The first part of the construction of the house is your head, your mind. And I think against Real Sociedad, it was a team focused, concentrated, not making mistakes. And after that, you can win or you can lose. And, and as you said, you have to defend better because Ter Stegen saved you. Okay, but... The problem is against Athletic uh, Bilbao, you you even uh, didn't have the first part, is your head. If you don't have your head, you don't need to have the second step is playing well because you will lose anyway. That's why I say it was a step back because of the head or because of the mind. Look, the, 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 the desire of win of the players of Athletic. We all knew that with 2-3, Barcelona was going not to win. We all knew it. That's what I mean, the feeling. Yeah, and they didn't make any chances, really, after Athletic scored. They had 20, 27 minutes more, plus stoppage time and extra time, to do something. And they really didn't create any opportunities where you thought, oh, here we go, it's the goal. The closest they came to scoring was nearly an Athletic own goal. Like some a defender tried to clear the ball and look for a second like it might fly in at the po- near post, but it didn't. Okay, the drum roll went down so well last week that I'm going to employ it again and I'm going to hit that drum roll and I'm going to say hit that drum roll now because it is time for 
a super special edition of Super Copper Final Rick's Ratings. Uh, special, perhaps, in only one way that Messi has, I think, yeah, the worst rating, the equal worst rating out of anyone this week. But then it isn't always that he gets his uh, his first red card, is it? We'll start with Ter Stegen, as always, six. I feel sorry for Ter Stegen because someone messaged me after the semi-final and said, would this have been the first player to get a 10 in the ratings? And I said, yeah, probably would have. Would have given him a 10. But I can only give him a six today because he didn't have to do much. You know, he saved from Kappa early on. And beyond that, you know, the goals aren't really his fault, but didn't make many more, many more saves. Dest, five. His dip is still continuing. He came off at half time. Maybe we'll take some more time to adapt than we thought initially. Not fit, seven. Not fit though, Des. Let's just came off at half time because he's he had a thigh thigh injury which ruled him out of the semi final. So he's sort of rushed back to start the final and wasn't that's why he came off at half time. Yeah, it's true. And also Messi was. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but Messi wasn't fully fit, or maybe he was to play, but he wasn't fully fit in the week at least. And he also. Uh, he had to play the whole game, but he also got the bad rating, like I said. Uh, Adolho, seven. We talked about him. Lengle, six. Alba, five. I, I don't know what to do with Alba because <laughs> Tony is kicking off here. Uh, I don't know what to do with Alba because he did, you know, he did contribute to Barca's two goals, but also he cost them two goals. So what can you do with that? Can, can we just repeat what did you say on Lenglet's mark? I gave him a six. Six from 1,000 or from 10? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't think that he was to blame for the goals, you know. And uh, he, he was booked for a foul on Inyaki, which was bad. But other than that, he was okay. It wasn't his worst performance for me. It was not his uh, worst performance, but the second goal, the goal of Villa Libre, is his fault. And apart from that, Rick, you know that Inyaki Williams is a really fast player. How can you get a book? Uh, uh, how how can you get booked on the ninth minute with this yellow card? I think that Lenglet, uh, his mind now is uh, not uh, on his best moment. And for me, I said it uh, today, writing in sport. For me now, when PK is back, the player that uh, has to be a starter is Araujo instead of Lenglet. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that for sure. The only question is whether they're too similar, Araujo and PK. Compared to Langley, but we'll see. I would I would give Oho and Pique a chance together. Midfield trio all get a six. Busquets, De Jong, Pedri, six sixes all round. Maybe De Jong was the best of those three in this game, but I didn't think enough to to get more ratings. Maybe he can have a seven out of out of pity after he got whacked by Danny Garcia in the face, like we talked about. Dembele six, Messi five. With Messi, actually, something that I should have said earlier is. It reminded me of Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, because we saw how many times do we see Cristiano Ronaldo hit out at a player or kick out at a player out of pure frustration when he was at Real Madrid because Ronaldo at Madrid in that time in La Liga was way behind Barca. Madrid was suffering and every game Ronaldo, Ronaldo could feel his own powers and his own ability waning. And I think that's what Messi felt yesterday. And I've seen a lot of people say this word impotent, but that is the feeling we got from Messi yesterday. And the fact that Via Libre stopped him trying to get into the box at the end was just too much. It was the moment that tipped him over the edge and he just uh, he broke and he got his red card. So five for Messi. And Griezmann, I was between a six and a seven, but we got two goals. We'll give him a seven. And the subs, everyone was bad. I mean, like Ricky, St- Ricky Puge started okay when he came on, but quickly faded away. 
You know, he brought some energy for about five minutes and then he just faded. Everyone else was even worse than him that came on. Brathwaite didn't do anything. Pjanic, ineffective. Trincao, every time I see him, I'm wondering, what what are you doing here? Trincao was uh, incredibly lost. Incredibly lost. For sure. And actually, it just reminds me, because yesterday during the game, my friend Leo Bentley sent me, he's a Barca fan, he lives in Barcelona as well, he sent me a string of messages during the game that I, I couldn't, I didn't reply to because I was working. But I thought, okay, actually, they'll serve, they'll serve quite well for the Q&A for this week's pod. So I'm going to give you two, I'm going to give you two a quick read through. Some of them are, some of them are questions and some of them are just angry statements. This is, this is a stream of messages. Feel free to reply to any of the questions or jib in with a comment. This match is making me so angry. Why did he take off Pedro and Dembele? Great question. How is Munain still able to walk after all the times he's been apparently paralyzed? Munain was good. Very good. Not just walking, running. Why is Lenglet playing? Griezmann's goals continue to cover the detriment he is to the team. We discussed that already, actually. Bit harsh. His goals. Is Raul Garcia the ugliest man in Spain? When is Munain getting a yellow card? Why does Komen keep playing Mingesa right back? What has Trincao ever done to justify being brought on time and time again? And then that's the Griezmann we know. And that comment came after... The chance that I forgot about this when I talked about Barca's chances earlier, they did have one chance in extra time, and it was Griezmann. And the ball came to the back post, and he volleyed it, he just lashed it on the volley miles into the stands. I don't know why he didn't try and take that more calmly. I think Sam said on WhatsApp to me yesterday it was a rush of blood to the head, which probably is the explanation for that. But if he just steers that a goal, that could have been the equalizer for Barca. Yeah, I don't know if that apl- applies to footballers, but quite often if I'm playing you know, five, six aside or whatever, and you see that ball coming down from from a height, your instinct is just, I'm going to put my foot through this and try and score an unbelievable volley. And for me, 10 times out of 10, it goes like it went for Griezmann yesterday. And we have to be aware that on this uh, chance, he kicked the ball with the right foot and he's left-footed. So for me, that's why uh, Griezmann uh, made that mistake. Even more reason, in my view, for him to try and do it carefully instead of just trying to smash it. And finally, it ended with... Via Libre has fur. He is the only player in the league with a pelt. He is quite a hairy man. I don't even know what that means. What's a what's a pelt? It's like it's like animal fur, no? All oh, right, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I heard him talk after the game, and he speaks very clear. I thought he'd have a really, really thick, hard to understand accent, but he speaks super clearly, and it's very easy to understand Via Libre. I was surprised by that. For me, what 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 uh, your friend asked to you is really interesting, especially. This question that I had, I had uh, it, uh, uh, I had uh, written it here, and is that why were uh, Pedri and Dembele substituted? Why? I think Kuman decided not to kill the game, not to defend with the ball, because if you have Pedri, you have De Jong, and you have Messi, you can have the ball, pass the ball, and if you have Dembele with Athletic losing two three, you can score the two uh, uh, one. Sorry, you can score the third goal. So without Dembele, without Pedri on the field. I think that uh, Kuman committed a big, big mistake. In other news, the date to elect a new president at Barcelona has been put back. Three candidates, Joan Laporta, Tony Freixia and Victor Font, all got enough signatures to be able to stand in the election, which will now be on March the 7th instead of January the 24th. Tony, what does that mean? Obviously, the, the reason is sound, the coronavirus pandemic, the health of the voting socios who would have to go out and vote may be especially difficult with the, 
with the restrictions we've got in place on movement. But it's not good news for Barca, is it, that the club are going to have to wait until March for president, that they're going to go the whole January transfer window without anyone in charge of the club? Of course, uh, yes. Apart from other problems that uh, you have when uh, your club doesn't have uh, a board, uh, a captain, is that, for example, you won't be able to sign any player uh, this winter because the club uh, decided with Laporta, Fon and Freixa not to pay 5 million for Eric Garcia. The problem is that you cannot still beginning uh, negotiating with uh, Lionel Messi his uh, next uh, contract. And we have to remember that it, uh, it uh, will be ended on the, at the end of June. So it's more time that uh, Messi needs to be patient. If he doesn't prefer to sign for another club, you cannot even contact uh, players uh, to sign them for the next season. We have talked about uh, Haaland, we have talked about uh, other players. So, I don't know, it's obvious that it's a huge problem uh, for uh, Barcelona because they, they even don't know who is going to be the next sports director. Yes, it's a big problem and it's a big problem created not because of the pandemic, not because of the COVID, created by a man called Carlos Tusquets because, because he should have uh, said, okay, the elections will be on December or as soon as possible. And finally, the elections were as late as possible. So he is guilty. Obviously, you touched on there about January signings, about the Eric Garcia deal and the, the three candidates, Laporta, Fraser and Font, vetoing a, a deal for him this month. Is it impossible for Barca to sign players in January? Is, can you categorically say, I mean... I know that they would rather not the the candidates and that they're going to make it difficult. But, you know, in the case of injuries, in the case of it's not someone who's available for free in the summer, is it possible or with, is it just impossible now without a president? No, it's possible. It's possible if, if for example, someone gets injured. But uh, what they will have to do is to have a meeting between Laporta, between Font, between Freixa, with between Tusquets. They will explain them, OK, we have this amount of money. Which player do you want? So... We cannot work like this because Fon will say this player, Freysha will say the other player, and maybe they will sign a player that is like a 50-50. So you cannot work like this. We have to be lucky and expecting that what you said, it's not going to happen. They won't have any important injury because if it happens, it will be a disaster to decide uh, who to sign. So you cannot work like this. We were going to do a special on, on the election. We'll obviously delay that now, but... With the new date of March the seventh and the and the three candidates, Rick, who's the who's the favourite of the three candidates? Well, Laporte, Laporte claims he isn't the favourite. He says there are no favourites, but it's pretty clear he is the favourite. He had double the amount of signatures that Font got. I think it's the in these troubling times of coronavirus, it's kind of a comfort, isn't it, Laporte? He's like someone that everyone knows already. I don't think he's the. I mean, I think Font is the best bet based on based on projects, based on planning, based on everything that Barca have lacked for the last few years. But I think it's, you know, the socio is certainly the ones who, who are going to vote in the election because ridiculously, in 2021, if you're a socio and you don't live in Spain and you can't come for the election, you can't vote. You know, if you can't turn up in Catalonia and put your vote in. How is that? I want to hear, I want to hear from Tony. I want to hear, how is this even possible that, it, that this is this is still a thing? How can they cannot do electronic voting? Well, they are bringing in postal voting. I don't know if that will allow for, for socios outside of Spain to vote in the in the election in the end. No, the, the Victor Font uh, said that he wanted to, to, to make a voting uh, with an electronic vote uh, to count. But on the Assemblea, 
the socios compromisarios, I don't know how to say it in English, they decided uh, with the club that it was not an option. So, yeah, it should have been done before, but I cannot understand why it's not uh, now yet uh, done. That's it. That's the pod. A quick correction to end the day. Messi was sent off in the Copa America third place playoff as a Chile in 2019. So I have to apologise to Rick for accusing him of missing it in 2016. This has been our 10th episode. We've loved doing them and we hope you love listening. If you do, give us a rating, a review or a like on your chosen podcast dealer. And you can also follow us on social media, on Twitter at SiemplePod and on Instagram at SiemplePositivoPod. Barca are next in action on Thursday, away against third-tier Cornea in the Copa del Rey. Cornea's ground is 15 metres away from Espanyol's, so it's a bit of a derby and it's going to be played on an artificial surface as well, so that one could be fun. We'll be back next week. Until then, stay positive.